What is up, everybody? Welcome to yet another episode of the Whiskey Sessions Podcast. This is episode 55. B-Pimp, how's it going with you? I'm ready and raring to go. You are ready and raring to go. That's good. I am as well, because we have a super cool episode lined up. Uh, First of all, we've always got a whiskey to try, and I've got a whiskey to try for this episode. We are going to talk about our top five actors... Uh, that we would like to see play James Bond next. And then, of course, we're going to do, we're going to finish our fifth round of the game, Let's Get Personal. But as we are talking James Bond, uh, I think we're both pretty big fans. Yeah, I'd consider myself a Bond head. Yeah, a Bond head, exactly. If you don't, uh, for our listeners at home, if you like James Bond as well, uh, a really good podcast for you Bond heads out there is James Bonding. And that's with Matt Myra and Matt Gorley, uh, both funny, um, and they do a weekly, I think at this point, uh, James Bond podcast that just came back a few weeks ago. So um, they're going to be going through the movies and some other stuff too. If you don't get your full James Bond fix out of this episode, but, yeah, I have no problem with promoting Matt Gorley. He's a funny, funny fellow. Yes. But, as far as I know, they have not talked about the top five actors they'd like to see James Bond play James Bond next. Because, as we all know, or maybe as some of us know, it looks like this next outing is going to be the last outing for Daniel Craig. Uh, and w- that movie, last time I checked, so they, they were going to have Danny Boyle as their director, and then he dropped out. So they have a new director... Uh, and it seems like they're putting together the cast, but I think the movie actually won't come out for about another year. Or maybe sli- oh, wait. slightly less. I think it's not getting the... James Bond movies are usually released like in the fall, but I think this one's actually going to be like February or March of 2020. Set your calendars. Set your calendars. you got one year left um, to see the next James Bond movie that will have Daniel Craig in it. But after that, it's a mystery as to who it'll be. So we'll talk about our top picks but first, let's finish. Let's get personal. Be pimp. If if a listener missed the last episode, and we hope you didn't, but if they did, can you tell them a little bit about what this game is? Oh, I'd be glad to. It's a game of chance. It is a yes. guessing game that is based around... Well, I guess you could have some skill, but basically, Andy will ask me five people. I have to say yes or no. Do they have a personal life section in their Wikipedia article? So it has to be an actual subsection labeled personal life. And that is the game. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty straightforward. Uh, But here's how it's gone so far. So we are closing out our fifth round. Every time we ask each other five people if they have a personal life section or not. And as we've played this game, uh, B-Pimp, you can hear him on the last episode. He actually got uh, me to miss out of four out of five of them, which brings my total to having 14 out of 25 correct. B-Pimp was sitting at 10 out of 20, so here's what it means for this next round. If B-Pimp gets four out of five correct, he ties me, which would be pretty impressive feat because he was behind a little bit. And B-Pimp, if you get all five correct, you take the lead. Yeah, I'm planning to go five for five today. Five for five. Mentally preparing yourself to take the lead. Uh, I like it. I don't think it's going to happen. But uh, I'm happy that you think it's a possibility. 
I am too because it's it's happening. Okay. Well, without further ado, then let's get into it. This is let's get personal. Let's get personal. Personal. Perfect. All right, be pimp. We're playing. Let's get personal. Are you ready? I'm ready to dominate. Ready to dominate. Okay, good. Your theme for this round of Let's Get Personal is famous Jeffs. Oh yeah, I'm right. I'm always researching Jeffs. Oh shoot, I should have picked something else like famous Wills and Steves. <laughs> Steves. <laughs> All right, your first one: Wilco songwriter uh, and frontman Jeff Tweedy. Ooh, very interesting. I know that Wilco is a pretty, pretty popular band, pretty well loved by a certain section of the populace. He see his songs are very emotional, and mm, I don't know. I kind of get the vibe that people would want to know about him, so I'm gonna say yes, he does. Correct. You're Woo-hoo! you're off on the right foot. One for one. All right, your next one. Actor Jeff Bridges. Jeff Bridges feels to me to be of a, a fame level that he would have a personal life section. Ding, ding, ding. Correct for number two. <laughs> that is pretty impressive. Okay, you're two for two. So that basically means you get two out of the next three. You tie me after the fifth round. And if you get three out of the next three, you will take the lead. Maybe you'll get one out of the next three. Maybe you'll get none. Who knows? Are you prepared for that? I'm ready for any Jeff you got. All right. Then this Jeff is a very unlikable Jeff. He's your former Attorney General of the United States, Jeff Sessions. Oh, man, that weasel. I bet he's the kind of person that if you ask him, I bet he's the kind of person that has a team that's dedicated to monitoring that. And if anybody had the gall, the temerity to put up anything in a personal life section, he'd have it removed with threat of death. So I'm going to say he does not. Oh, I'm sorry. He does have a personal life section. <laughs> I, your logic was sound. Do not get me wrong. But unfortunately, you're incorrect about this. Jeff Sessions does have a personal life section. Okay. In that personal life section is nothing particularly interesting. Although... What I will say about Jeff Sessions is funny. He's, like, not quite as old as you would think he is. He's only 72. And to me, he looks like he's about 95. Yeah, I guess that's... I think you're right. I bet it takes a lot... Of, it really puts a toll on your skin and your face when you're that angry all the time. Yeah. So. But, yeah, his personal life section, all it says, it's, it's two sentences. He has... He and his wife, Mary, have three children and six grandchildren... The family is United Methodist, and he's a Sunday school teacher. Like, real boring shit. Yeah. So, that's that's probably all you ever wanted to know about Jeff Sessions, if you wanted to know anything at all, but he does have a personal life section. To be honest, that's more... I don't. I wish I didn't know that. Now. No. Maybe I'll even cut it out from the actual episode. <laughs> <laughs> so terrible. All right, your fourth... Your two out of three, your fourth person is basketballer and former Sonics draftee, Jeff Green. I know Jeff Green has had some heart issues that I think are fall out a little bit outside the norm of like usual NBA injuries or whatever. So I, uh, my gut tells me that that might be in a personal life section. So I'm going to say yes. Oh, I'm sorry. Jeff Green does not have a personal life section. 
Drat. Yeah, so you're two for four. You're not going to catch up for this round, but you can kind of save face a little bit here with this last one. It'll only be one behind going into the sixth round. So here we go. Your last one is the head of Amazon, Jeff Bezos. I'm going to say he's so rich and like ubiquitous now that I feel like he would. And he has a lot of personal drama. Oh, yeah, a lot lately. But then it's almost like, why would you put him on here if he did? Because it's so obvious. So I'm going to say no. Oh, Brian, I'm not trying to trick you. He has one. Oh, I pull, I did the same thing you did last time. Yeah. Uh, okay. You started strong, but faded down the stretch, unfortunately. You got two out of five. That puts you at 12 out of 25. I'm at 14. So the nice thing is you're only two behind now. I'm not worse than a coin flip. <laughs> you, yeah, that's pretty impressive. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty happy about that. Good. Uh, I'm glad. You got to be proud of something. Um, okay, I have a whiskey I want to try. It's, I feel like I looked at it, it's one of those whiskeys where I wasn't sure if we had had it before or not. I don't think so. I don't think I've had it, certainly. Uh, so this is Templeton Rye. It is aged four years, and they make that very prominent on the label. Big old four. And they also call it the good stuff. Uh, but anyway, it's a, a rye whiskey, if you couldn't guess by the name. It's 40% alcohol by volume. And... It comes from Templeton, Iowa. So, uh, a different state than we're used to. Certainly not Kentucky. That's one that I don't think we... I'm almost certain we haven't done it on here, but I feel like I may have had that at some point. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm curious. It, uh, I think I'm hopeful. But I'm going to do kind of a, a same process that you did for uh, the last episode. I'm going to give it a, a pretty good smell before I fully dive in. It's got a nice sweetness to it, and it's not a very dark whiskey. The, the aroma has got a little sweetness? Yeah, I kind of like it. Uh, and certainly not... not uh, it does not smell like paint, as you were saying the Canadian Club did. Which I then liked after I said that. I know, so maybe this will have the opposite effect. I'm going to also drink it on the rocks. This is the first time, I think, out of all the places I've ever rented that uh, not only does the fridge have an ice maker, but it works. Huzzah. I know. I think I think for like three or four apartments, there was like the fridge-freezer combo had an ice maker, but it just never worked. But this one actually does, and it works pretty well. It's a little aggressive, but I, I feel like a lot of ice makers are a little aggressive. Meaning that it like shouts. It really just, just uh, a lot of put-downs, physical put-downs. Uh, just it's, says you don't you don't need any more ice, buddy. Lay off. You're getting ice again, you yeah. jerk. <laughs> no, it's it just shoots the ice. once you like really you have to wait two seconds for it to start working, and then once it does, it just shoots that ice into your glass. Has it shattered a glass yet? No, it hasn't done that. But I'm waiting for it. If we get some fragile glasses, I'm sure it would. Like I would not trust it with a wine glass at all. If you wanted like a white wine with uh. Uh, an ice in it, I would get that ice straight out of the freezer. I would not use the dispenser for that. You're just asking for trouble. No, no, no. Yeah, that, that's going to break through some wine glasses for sure. Give I know that sip. rye rye has a tendency to be a little spicy, so I'm wondering what you think of this rye. Yeah, I'm giving it a sip. I'm going to give one more sip. You're right in saying that it actually it does have a little bit of spice, but it's not overwhelming. It's uh, I think even smoother than I expected. 
it's got yeah it's got a little bit of spice that's hanging in the back of the throat but not bad it, it's just reminding me hey you just had some rye is it got that warming quality to it it does and considering it's like not a feeling i always want in the early afternoon but uh, i'll take it and <laughs> <laughs> strap in for the evening You're gonna have <laughs> yeah uh i gotta say i i like templeton rye and I would certainly recommend it to our listeners, which means I am putting it on the smooth train. All aboard! Yeah, Templeton Rye is getting on that. Definitely, I think it's the first whiskey we've had from Iowa that I can think of. And I think Iowa's doing a fine job of it. Yeah, I've heard that name. I didn't want to say it before you had tasted because I didn't want to sway your um, journalistic integrity. But its I've had a good... I have a good brand image of Templeton Rye in my head, and I feel like I've had it and liked it. Yeah. No, I like it quite a bit, actually. Um, so, there we go. Uh, a smooth whiskey. We've had two in a row, um, and uh, we're always happy to leave our listeners with a, a new great whiskey to try. So, go out and get your Templeton Rye. We... Um, as I let that spice kind of sit in my throat for a second and try to transition into talking about the top five, we are talking about Bond. Now, he doesn't really drink whiskey, so this is going to be a rough transit. What does he usually drink? Gin, right? Gin martini? Yeah, martini. Shaken, not stirred. Yeah. So that's not what we're doing. Um, but maybe future Bond actors would instead drink whiskey. Would that be sacrilegious for that to change? I don't think so. Well, maybe, because that's a really good question, because it goes against lore, but they're not ever presented as... They're not. Are they trying to present it like this is the same person, even though it's different actors? You know, I never really knew. I, I figured because the James, it's James Bond, and like the movies shouldn't be taken that seriously, that it like just sort of didn't matter. Yeah, that's how I feel about it. Yeah. Um, and I'll also say, like, Daniel Craig's Bond is like drinking a Heineken half the time, so Heineken kind of sucks. Like... I don't feel like it's that bad. Yeah, I think they could get away with that. Yeah, I, I think if he drank a like a rum runner or like a mai tai or something, people might get offended. But if it's just like another kind of classic cocktail, I think. It'd be yeah. Fun. Uh, no, I agree. All right, so let's get to it. These are our top five picks for who should be the next James Bond. More than four, less than six. It's the top five. All right, B-Pimp, who is your number five to play James Bond in the next 007 movie? I have a big name holding down the number five spot on my list, and i he's only there at the end because I feel like it's extremely unlikely to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still... I mean, I guess that's not really a big deal because a lot of these are probably unlikely, but it's just somebody who I don't know that they would actually take the role. Okay. And it's George Clooney. Ah, George Clooney. Yeah. So, okay. If he had to be James Bond, um, and I think of like the characters he's been that have been like smooth, like James Bond, probably from the oceans movies. Would you expect him to do a British accent? That's the thing is I feel like Bond has to be British in my head. Mm -hmm. So, or Welsh, like uh, Timothy Dalton. Um, so I feel like he would, and I don't think I've ever seen him do accents. 
Yeah, I don't think I have either. I'm, I'm, which makes me wonder if he can do them. Right. So that plus the fact that he's like uber rich already, he does all this other stuff. Like he's, I don't know. Like I, but I thought he would be good from a standpoint of like in the vein of like Roger Moore was a little bit older, I think, when he became Bond, and mm-hmm. they tend like Daniel Craig was probably on the younger end of the spectrum. So maybe they'll go with like an older guy. Yeah, I I kind of like that. Like Daniel Craig is like a physical actor and can do a lot of the action stuff, or at least could. Um, I and I kind of like the Roger Moore style of not really doing a lot <laughs> action wise, but just embodying Bond uh, in all other ways. So I think that's right. that's a good pick. Yeah, that was my that just came to mind when I was putting together. What's your fifth my number five is michael fassbender so this is probably well i shouldn't say that this is one of the few picks i have that is actually like a a possibility at all but he fits the britishness i'm pretty sure uh he's a really good actor i mean in in 12 years a slave he he played a convincingly menacing slave owner well, so I think he's he's got the acting chops, uh, and probably then a little some. Um, so in a list, I gotta say that was extremely extremely difficult to put together. Uh, he he just made the cut. He's a I'm, I'm a big fan of his. Um, that'd be somebody I would like to see actually get it. So that's a good one. Um, my number four is Tim Heidecker. Ooh. <laughs> okay, your list is more ridiculous than mine. <laughs> <laughs> so, now, at its face, yes, very ridiculous. But if you've ever watched his critically acclaimed Adult Swim web series, Decker... It's so good. Have you watched it? I've seen a few of them, yeah. It's the best. Yeah. So, he plays a, I mean, imbecile secret agent that's kind of based on Donald Trump. I think but, it's I think he's playing he's playing Steven Seagal. He said it's well it's probably a mix, yeah. yeah. I'm sure it's Seagal and yeah, there's a lot of stuff thrown in there. But he does he he does such a good job portraying a very important secret agent that I feel mm-hmm. like why couldn't it transition across the pond I to MI six? Yeah. I Okay, I'm regretting that you you. It sounds like you had a lot more fun with this list than I did. I like mine's also ridiculous, but not that ridiculous. But I, I would be all for seeing that movie. I think it would reinvigorate. I mean, it's already a popular franchise, but who can who can turn down the opportunity to see that that pairing happen? Yeah, I uh, I would totally see that movie. And if it was at all like Decker, then it would be great. If it's like the Decker versus Dracula, <laughs> they could do something like that. Yeah, why not? You know, Dracula has yet to be a Bond villain. They're missing the chance there. I think so, too. All right, great pick. My number four, uh, actually from the same movie as Michael Fassbender, which is funny. Uh, I don't know why I had that in my head, but... I'm going to butcher this name. I'm going to try it anyway. Chiwetel Ojiafor. Yeah, I mean, that guy's a great actor. Really good actor. Uh, I think he's like... 
It's hard to figure out the right age for Bond. I don't mind skewing older, I think he's probably right in the middle ground, slash probably starting to lean older, but really strong actor, uh, I think would be super good for the role. It's kind of funny, it's like all the Bond actors have been white male so far, and they've all, I think they're going for a type, but at the same time it's like, oh, you know, he has to be British. But the actual actor has, you've talked about how um, Timothy Dalton was Welsh, but Pierce Brosnan was Irish, if I'm not mistaken. And George Lazenby is freaking Australian. And Sean, Sean Connery is Scottish. Yeah, so, I, you know, I think there can be more variants. I don't think there's a certain, like, physical essence that makes James Bond. I don't see why it has to be a white person every time. Uh, and I think certainly Chiwetel would be excellent. He was so good in 12 Years a Slave. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's one of those movies. I don't know if I could watch it again. No, I definitely could not watch it again. There's some, like, long shots in that movie that are very, very painful. It's, I, I remember sitting there like, I have to finish this movie, but I I want to, like, run outside right now. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I realized is that, uh, you know, the new Lion King movie that's coming out? Yeah. He plays Scar's voice, apparently. Ooh, interesting. So I... You know, if he's already going villain territory, then I'm not sure how good of a Bond he would be, but it's an option. Another option would be not my number three, which is Tom Hiddleston. Ah, yes. Speaking of villains. Yeah, that's why, I mean, I when I was thinking about it, I mostly was thinking of, I mean, I guess it was really literal, like, who I would like, but um, he's just, he's got this good kind of persona even though he's playing, like, he's probably most well-known for Loki, right? From the Avengers stuff. I would think um, so. Yeah. I mean, he's been in a bunch of stuff, but, I mean, that's got to be the best known. But I but I think in... Did you see Doctor Strange? Yes. He was in that a lot, right? I'm not mixing movies. Um, Maybe. Didn't he have, didn't he have a lot of interplay with... He might have. I'm trying ben to think. Nick. I'm not actually sure I saw the whole movie that I think about it. I was watching it on an airplane, and I think I fell asleep. Oh, okay. No, so I don't quote me. I remember, like, the beginning of that movie of Benedict Cumberbatch being a super obnoxious doctor and then, like, some car accident or something. And then I kind yeah. of forget almost everything after that. So, never mind. Don't quote me on that movie. I, I maybe I'm thinking of one of the Thor movies. I, whatever. There's a movie where he gets to be a little bit more cheeky mm-hmm. um, in that character. And I think he's got... I think he's just got the right kind of vibe to him where I could buy it and I think it would be a good interesting choice yeah I think he would be good and he certainly has like the personality for it the one thing I do wonder if he's not and maybe this isn't politically correct he might be too wimpy yeah but I mean what if he if he puts on a little uh, muscle mass he would have to I think for me to accept that I think he could do it. I think you might be surprised. He is kind of a, a, a waif of a man. Yeah. But... And actually, the way they have him playing Loki, especially lately, is kind of like oddly pathetic, sort of. Yeah. That might be a little bit strong. He would be good, though. I think he, he's a real possibility. My number three <laughs> is Emily Blunt. Oh, boy. I think if 
and maybe some people, uh, probably a lot of people don't really want to see, like, I guess you wouldn't call it James Bond anymore. I don't know if it'd be Jane Bond or how that would work. But from, like, a physical acting, from a looks, and from, uh, like, overall, like, suaveness, she could absolutely do it. I don't, it might be a different movie. Maybe it'd be, like, a spinoff or something. I don't know. But after seeing her in uh, Day After Tomorrow, she would be kick ass in that role. That I like how how uh, outside the box you're thinking, because really uh, there is nothing preventing. Who, like you said, there's no. Yeah, you're gonna. Of, of course, there's gonna be people that go, "You can't do that," blah blah blah. But those people, do we really care what they think? So. No, and I think some people would say part of like James Bond's personality is he's a womanizer, and that's like sort of part of the role. To which case, yeah, but... make her a manonizer then. A manonizer, exactly. yeah. And you'll just have instead of Money Penny, it's like Frank. That's <laughs> <laughs> Frank. <laughs> she just like she won't let Frank rest. Yeah. You could flip the switch. Why not? Exactly. I don't know. I think it'd be fun. She's a really good actress. It'd be funny to see her go from Mary Poppins, which I did not see, to James Bond, though. I, you know, maybe the world's ready for for Emily Blunt as James Bond. Maybe they are. All right, who's your number two? My number two is a person who was already in a James Bond movie in another role, but <laughs> I don't I don't care because I just want him to be James Bond, and that is Sean Bean. Sean Bean. I like it. I actually... I I didn't put him in my honorable mentions, but I really considered it, only because he was already in GoldenEye, but he would be great. He was Trevelyan, which is a just a great character from the past. And he yeah, from an acting perspective... He's like, anytime I see him in anything, I'm intrigued by whatever he's doing. It could be like a terrible movie, and he's always bringing it, so I feel like he's perfect for Bond. I agree. He's fantastic in that movie, too. He out-acts Pierce Brosnan. Which is... Easily. Maybe not the, like... I mean, Pierce Brosnan's fine, but, like, he he almost looks like he's in a different movie. Yeah. Pierce Brosnan, I would argue, is not necessarily the, the highest bar to clear. <laughs> no. <laughs> but I I really like that pick. I th- I'm regretting not putting that on my list now. And I think it was only because he was already in a James Bond movie, and for some reason like that meant to me that he couldn't be in this, but why not? But Emily Blunt could be James Bond, so why can't Sean Bean? Exactly. I, I'm trying to think if any actors have been in a James Bond movie before they became James Bond? Probably not. No, because... So we, it would be easy because Daniel Craig wasn't. Right. Timothy Pierce, Dalton wasn't. Pierce Brosnan probably wasn't. No, I don't think they were. No, and the only other one would be George Lazenby, which I'm pretty sure not, and and Roger Moore, which I'm pretty sure not. Right. There's uh, a first time for everything. Right. And then Sean Connery would have to be in a later Bond movie, not as Bond, which would be crazy. <laughs> okay. So that answers that question. But I think Sean Bean could be the first person to start it. Yeah, I'm, I'm all for it. All right. My number two uh, has been certainly talked about before. Some people say maybe he's starting to get too old for the role, but in my movie of actually kind of 
thinking an old James Bond would be good. Uh, I think he'd be great anyway. It's Idris Alba. Double dip. Whoa, really? Awesome. We haven't had, I mean, we did have like a, a kind of loose triple dip a couple episodes ago, but we haven't had a, a double dip in a long time. I'll tell you what, I had a loose triple dip at a party once and almost ruined it. You know what I'm saying? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Why? So, Idris Elba then is your number one. Yeah, he's my number one. Okay. Um, let's let's I, talk about it. He's He's got everything. Yeah, he's, I mean... He he can do, he, I don't know. He's I think it's pretty I think it's pretty obvious that he has the acting chops, the charisma, the looks, all the stuff that you could think of. Is physically imposing enough? Where some of these oh, actors yeah. are like kind of pushing it, on not yeah, being. He would be. I think he'd be a perfect choice if he wanted it and it, the stars align. Yeah, I uh, I agree. Um, so. I think out of everybody, realistically, and people have certainly talked about it or saw before, like, he would be a good Bond. Maybe he wouldn't be doing it for, like, five movies, because by the end, I'm not sure how old he would be, like, 60. But, you know, Roger Moore was old at the end, too. And I still think A View to a Kill, his last Bond movie, is, like, awesome. Plus, Connery was getting up there, wasn't he? He, okay, so, here's a fun fact. Roger Moore is older. Well, Roger Moore's passed away, unfortunately. But Roger Moore is older than Sean Connery. Is that yeah. crazy? Or what? Oh, you mean because he played him after? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that doesn't surprise me, though. But I just feel like he... I, I don't know. Maybe it's because he's he's like a redhead, isn't he, Roger Moore? Yeah, kind of like brownish red. So I think he just kind of... I think when Sean Connery started the age, he had such dark features that, like he got the gray hair or whatever. And it like is different than with Roger Moore. Cause I wouldn't, I wasn't shocked by the fact that he's older. Yeah. The one thing, like I would say Sean Connery aged pretty quickly. Um, but then he was also in the unofficial, like James Bond movie, never say never again. And that was in like, that, the early eighties. So he was, yeah, was pretty old. I think. Yeah. So he was old in that movie, but yeah. I don't, I doubt I'll just, I'm almost certain that no, James Bond has been older in their movie than Roger Moore was in in A View to a Kill, which came out in, like, 85. Okay. But, so, yeah, I mean, I think it's a legitimate concern, but it, like you said, it could be somebody that maybe they do two or three, and, and then it moves on to somebody, or maybe he's, the way he ages, like, it's not an issue and he does more, who knows. Yeah, and I think the rest of the casting has a lot to do with that, too. If they pair him with, like, like a 23 or 25-year-old woman, then it then it's, like, noticeably weird. True. But if, like, the, the... I'm trying to think who... What's a good example of that? I don't know, because if you do a kill, I think that the Bond girl in that is pretty young. Well, the girl that played um, Money Penny previously. Oh, uh, like in the Brosnan ones, or like? No, 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 just not that right now. Oh yeah, she's good. But she's young. Yeah, she is pretty young. And I don't think it's jarring. Like I don't know. Maybe it's because Daniel Craig doesn't. I don't know how old he actually is. I, I feel like even if he's fifty, he looks because he's in really good shape. So he looks he skews younger in my head. Yeah, although his face kind of looks old. I yeah. don't know. Maybe that's me. 
Welcome to Daniel Craig Dissection Hour. <laughs> yeah, sorry, buddy. Uh, okay. But Idris Elba, we both agree, is not too old. He'd be a good James Bond. I'm really curious what your number one is if it's not him. My number one is ridiculous. And if we're saying Idris Elba is borderline too old, this guy is certainly too old. Uh, but I just think he has, like... He would just be a good actor for the role. My number one is Gary Oldman. Oh, wow. That is interesting. So that would be playing up, like, probably not that much physical acting. But again, I like Roger Moore. He was not good at that stuff either. And it would just... I think he has the right, like, cadence, moves at the right speed. I don't think James Bond movies should move too fast. I think they should have, like, a little bit of room to settle into themselves. And I think... Gary Oldman, if only for a movie or two, would be a cool James Bond. I, I would I would love to see that version. It would be different. But I think he could sip a Jim Martini with the best of them. Oh, yeah. All right. Who are your honorable mentions? Do you have any? My list was so perfect, perfectly crafted that I have none. Wow. Nice. All right. Mine were... Uh, Tom Hiddleston, Tom Hardy, Paul Bettany, and Alicia Vikander. Oh, that's my favorite one that you've mentioned. Yeah, she was in... Shit, what was that movie? It's like a similar movie. A Man Called Ex- Uncle? She was in Ex Machina, right? She's the robot? Oh, yeah. I never saw that, though. Okay, okay. But I just want to make sure I was thinking of the right person. Okay, I think you ahead. are thinking <laughs> of the right person. She would be good. She was good in A Man Called Uncle. I, okay. So I think she, yeah, she could do it. She could do a similar movie. She's such a, like, arrestingly just gorgeous person. Yeah. That it, it, she just, like, I don't know. It, like, it captured, like, that whole movie, Ex Machina, you should see that. It is just, it's crazy. So I, I think from, like, that perspective of, that's what Bond is supposed to be. It's supposed to be, like, a mindset and, like, a, you just exude, like, confidence. Yes. I think that that would be good. Yeah. Okay. I want to see that movie now. I, I totally missed it. It's great. Huh. All right. Um, so to our listeners out there, if you have actors, actresses that you think need to be the next Bond, uh, let us know. You can hit us up on Twitter. We're at Whiskey Sessions. That's our handle there. Or even better, email us at whiskeysessionsmusic at gmail.com and we will read your email on a future episode which is what we're going to do right now. So let's get to it. These are your emails. You sent us emails to read. Emails! And now we'll read them. All right, here's what I got in the old email inbox. Yo, Wiscos. Top five Chicago street names is great and all, but what street did you live on that felt like the most Chicago-y experience? And this is from Paul in Oak Park, Illinois. For our listeners who don't know where Oak Park is. Do you want to take a stab at that or should I go? Uh, I'll take a quick stab at it. Two, I would say. So one of them was the last place we lived on. And we lived on Wrightwood. Which actually, I haven't seen Wrightwood in another city. So maybe that's like a chicago street name. But, and, and we've talked about our song, Bissolated. So that was on Bissell. Uh, but I also, and I, I wouldn't have put this on the list because it's a numbered street. But I felt like when we lived on 18th uh, in Pilsen, like there there was something like extremely Chicago-y about that area. Like the housing was, felt like 
it wasn't like the quality of the actual housing was a little bit lower than a lot of Chicago, but it just felt like we were right by the L. Uh, we had a, like a decent sized park and I feel like Chicago is known for having good parks and it was just like a really like middle of the road, um, a lot of different like intersections of people going on throughout that like on 18th and throughout Pilsen and I, I might go with that as being the most Chicago-y. Yeah, I think for me it was the Bissell apartment because... Oh yeah. I just... um. What was it? What was the main street that we were the closest to that had all those shops and stuff on it? Armitage. Yeah, and our, that Armitage little area. It just—it's not that it's necessarily unique to Chicago or anything like that. It's just that knowing what I know of Chicago, that kind of like streets full of apartments, and then these main streets that have all these little like quirky shops and like bars, and just—it's just kind of the, that vibe um that i like that's so. yeah that's a really good point that felt chicago and also who can forget the l just going through the back of our house well yeah which allowed us to have great parties because nobody complained about the noise because the hell was going on yes and that was three l lines red yeah it was red brown and purple just like going right through our alley and yeah yeah. We got used to it, I feel like, because after living there for a while, it didn't even, like, phase me, but you lived no. the closest to it, so. <laughs> it was, like, feet away from my head. Uh, I, yeah. think, I think I got used to it, but I wonder if there were, like, long-term effects that I did not get used to. I'm not sure. Well, I, I do every, like, five minutes or so, I, I like, shudder a little bit, and then I snap <laughs> back. Yeah, so that might be yeah, a little L in your backyard PTSD. Yeah. Uh, all right, what do you got in the old email inbox? We have an email stating, now that March Madness is upon us, do you think college athletes will ever be fairly compensated? Concerned in the Carolinas. That, woo. This might be Zion Williamson. It might be. <laughs> I mean, he's going to get paid pretty well soon. Um, though he should consider signing with Nike, and am I right? Busting through those shoes. <laughs> um <laughs> Poor Zion, that was unfortunate. Yeah, that sucks to result in an injury, too. But that's a good question. I used to be of the opinion, actually, that college athletes maybe shouldn't get paid, but I didn't like how everybody else was making a lot of money. So I guess it was like, I just thought college athletics should somehow not be promoted as much or not televised as much and the coaches shouldn't be paid so much and maybe that was a way to save it like just to bring it back to how it maybe was in the 70s and 80s but i also heard that opinion described as trying to put the toothpaste back in the tube yeah it's true like in a perfect world i would agree with you but i don't think it's possible right so i guess i mean is the question do i think it's going to happen or should it happen? Do you think it will? Ooh. And I can tell you from my perspective, I think it will. And I think that a way that it might work that would be a little bit maybe a middle road is there's no way that they could or let's let me put it this way. I don't think there's a way that they will do anything close to like a professional sports league where there's they purport to have some kind of equal sharing between the revenues or anything like that. Cause it's just not going to happen. Um, 
But why, tell me one valid reason why a famous, famous, excuse me, famous uh, basketball player or football player shouldn't be able to go earn money based on their own name and their fame that they've created for themselves. Like doing autograph signings or doing card dealership appearances, doing these things that they could do and get paid pretty well for that are currently outlawed. That there's no reason to outlaw it other than, I mean, I can't think of a valid reason to outlaw it. So, first of all, loosen up some of those restrictions on that kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. then and then you obviously would have to figure out a way to compensate the other people that are not as famous who can't do that. But I think that there's a way to kind of mix and match. I think so. I think my biggest concern, and maybe this keeps going back to the point that I just made before that's not particularly valid, but I think there's a larger issue... In the U.S. especially, that college is frankly just too expensive in general. Oh, yeah. And, um, you know, maybe we'll have, like, overall economic implications. And I think there are some already of people not being able to pay back their student loans. Or even if they are able to pay back their student loans, they pay it at such a slow rate that it's causing those people to not start families when they would otherwise. Anyway, I'm, I'm getting way outside of myself. The point is... I don't want to create anything, any system that might also make college more expensive. So I would love to see those players like Zion Williamson go to the NBDL or whatever they call it now, like straight out of high school and have that get paid better and have the, if some high school football players are like ready to go to some kind of minor league, I I would love to see that set up more and have colleges maybe be um, sucked of their talent a little bit. I, I think I wouldn't care if that were the case. Yeah, that's true. And they're, they're, that's happening now. Like, um, what's the point of them going to college anyway? I, like, Yeah, some people, it's a mixed bag too, because like Zion said that he would, uh, he always knew that he would go for at least a year, no matter what. Mm-hmm. So even if the rules had let him play, in the NBA straight away, like they were talking about changing it to, he probably still would have gone. So I don't know how true that is or if he's just saying that because he has to go. But um, so, I mean, if you give him the option, then at least he, if he went there, it's his own volition. Like he knows that he's bypassing a multi-million dollar contract to play for a year because he wants to. So that I'm fine with right now. They're basically forced to go to one of these big schools and play for a year. And, the G league is trying to, they're trying to do things to mitigate that with, you know, they're going to pay more, like you said, and like, there's going to be other football leagues, but yeah, there's probably some path to it. Yeah. I don't know. It it just, I can't even conceptualize how exactly that will work. Well, that was a good question. It was a really good question. Uh, if you have a good question for us or just uh, a bunch of comments you want to get off your chest, go ahead and email us at whiskeysessionsmusic at gmail.com and we'll read it on a future episode. But that wraps it up for this episode. Be Pimp, do you have any words of wisdom that you would like to leave our listeners with? I wish I could have been paid to play college basketball. I know. No one was paying me to play. It's frustrating. All right, this is Amets signing off. We will see you in a couple of weeks. See you later. Peace.